Welcome to Resilience in You with Beth Page. It's thought that challenges and uncertainty make us the people we are today. Where success comes in is how resilient we are in the face of adversity. Being resilient means taking a break, creating a sense of calm in our storm. You start today. Here's your host, Beth Page. Welcome, fabulous humans, to Resilience in You. I'm Beth Page, your host. I'm delighted to be calling in today from the ancestral, unceded, and, and territories of the Halat, Penelicate, and Stuminus families who have stewarded these lands for generations. I'm grateful to live, learn, work, and play on the land stewarded by these families. What if today is the perfect day for you to focus on your resilience? I'm delighted to be welcoming my special guest, Shweta Rajan who is the founder of Inclusion Advantage Consulting. She is a new mom, and she works primarily to cultivate environments that support equity, diversity, and inclusion. She's a coach and consultant. Welcome, Shweta. Thank you, Beth. It is wonderful to be here with you today. I am calling in from the unceded lands of the Comox Nations, and it's a gorgeous day out here, and uh, looking forward to our conversation today. Mm, as am I. What would you like our listeners to know about you that I have not already shared? Well, I am, as you mentioned, a new mom. My, it's, um, it was one of my unexpected miracles that happened in my life. Um, I'm 44 years old, so uh, being a first-time mom at 44 comes with this, it's such an unexpected joy uh, to have my son as a part of my life. So um, that's one of the biggest transitions that I have gone through in this pandemic that we are all in the middle of. And when I think about, one of, as you were asking me to reflect on resilience, when I think about resilience, it's amazing to see resilience from the from the perspective of a child who's constantly trying to learn new things and the number of attempts that a child makes at something um, to overcome it. Like he is toddling right now. And in just this past few months, I have seen him go from crawling to very unsteadily being on his feet and um, now to take his first few steps. And it's, it's, resilience always takes this beautiful meaning when you look at it from the perspective of how a child is looking at it. And um, for me, it's been a really big constant in my life. Um, you know, I am an immigrant. I was born in India and I you know, moved to the United States about 20 years ago and then to Canada about 10 years ago. And so it's a big part of my journey in the sense that as someone who is a person of color and has had to navigate several cultural changes across different countries, um, it is, it's, it's something that I hold on to um, as we go through different phases in my life. So, Yeah. <laughs> Yes, and I'm, uh, you know, as your as your uh, child hits uh, his first year on this planet, how lovely to be learning about resilience from him. 
and uh, and and watching the many new experiences he's having amidst uh, his uh, journey uh, in this first year. Um, You talk about um, your uh, arrival in North America, and uh, I'm curious what story of resilience you want to share from that time uh, with our listeners this morning. Yeah, um, thank you for giving me the space to share the story. It is something that I consider as one of the defining uh, times in my life. Um, When I first moved to the United States, I was in graduate school and um, was looking at, you know, this, this wonderful lab that I joined and trying very excitedly to do some work that um, I was interested in. And um, unfortunately, one of the senior members in the lab was... Um, was not very accepting of me in the space. Um, I faced bullying and harassment and discrimination uh, for about three years. And it was at a time, this was over 20 years ago now. So at that time, I didn't have the language for understanding microaggressions or even thinking about uh, discrimination biases or unconscious biases. And so... I went through the whole three years um, facing microaggressions and being gaslit and just really doubting my own capabilities and um, took a really big hit on my self-confidence and my my view of myself. It, it, it went directly to my identity because in India, I had you know, growing up in a space where um, I had, I was in the, my, my dad was in the army, so we grew up all across the country. Um, but I always associated myself with myself as someone who was smart, someone who was capable, someone who was well able to do things. Um, and, you know, studying and reading was, I, I was actually a bookworm <laughs> right from when I was a very young child. So it was all of these things, uh, you know, intellectual pursuits were something that I closely related to. And so to come into a new country and almost start failing immediately um, was a really challenging thing to go through. Um, and, Unfortunately, at the same time, um, my marriage was breaking down as well. So it was not just the professional side that wasn't supportive. I also was facing personal challenges. So um, sometimes I really, you know, look back and and think about, wow, (laughs) it's just you... It's, you hung in there, you know? Yeah. Um, you know. So it was a lot to go through at a very young age. I was in my early 20s still at that time. And you don't quite have the experience and the perspective of the world at that time. You're still 
trying to figure out who you are and um yeah so it 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 was it was a challenging time in my life um and i came through it with a lot of lessons learned and my hope is that by sharing some of those um it will help people who may find themselves in similar situations today mhm and um, when you think back in that uh, time period, is there a particular moment that um, stands out for you uh, where it, it, it all crystallized uh, in terms of uh, how, whether you were going to persevere through all of this? Yeah. Um, so, you know, the fact is that after about three years of being in the state, I um, felt that I had been living these three years quite isolated and alone and just um, really trying to get through the days day by day, just being like, okay, it's okay. There's, something better around the corner. You just need to get to this one day and, you know, put one step in front of the other and move through and, you know, you'll get there. But after three years of that, it was, I just felt that I had nothing left to give anymore. I was so depleted. Um, and at that time, I remember um, getting a call after about three years and me trying to figure out all these different things, um, getting a call from the immigration um, um, service, not from the international student services um, that are attached to the school saying, hey, there's some, you know, some confusion about your paperwork. Um, so we are terminating your, you know, your um status as an international student. So get ready to pack your bags and leave the country. And at the time I was just so done. I was just, I was, I was done. And I was just like, you know what? I don't think this is meant for me. I think I'm done. (laughs) I think I've given it my best shot. I've, I've done all I can. Um, and I can't do it anymore. And I, I was just like, let's, I'm going to say goodbye to my friends and, you know, spend some time with them, get my stuff together. I'm going to book the next ticket and I'm going to go home. I do not have time or the space or the mental capacity or the emotional capacity to go through this ringer again. Um, and my friend stepped in like really at that time um, my friend stepped in and they said, you know, give us a couple of days. Just, just, just hang on. Don't do anything. Just give us a couple of days and we'll see what we can do for you. And honest to God, in two days, they had it all figured out. Like I didn't have to do a thing. Um, and it, it, it that was one of the times, really, when 
I recognize the power of opening up the space so that we can receive mm. support from others. And I have seen that in my life. Uh, every time I try to do something by myself, I'm successful to a certain degree and I can make it. And I know I have the strength to get through the odds and get pounding the pavement and seeing things through. But my really big learning, the space where I see myself thrive, the spaces where I am uh, I'm able to really walk into and step into and take on um, the, you know, the power that's in me to just bring that forth. That is always has been for me when I have opened my space up to receive from others, um, receive the support and wisdom and community that is there beyond just me. Um, and when I am open to that, I mean, I'm, when I just, you know, just open up my arms and just stand graciously, um, allowing people to contribute to me, that is where I feel myself like really coming into and bringing forth what I want to create in this world. Um, and that was one of the first moments that I felt that, uh, the power of letting others uh, contribute to you and graciously accepting that and graciously being okay with that and graciously um, being thankful to have that space where others are willing to contribute. Mm-hmm. And... Um and it sounds like it came at a time when you were, uh, uh, your uh, strategies and approaches for navigating it by yourself had been exhausted. Yes, that is certainly true. Um, it's, it's, I, I think what I, I was, I was ready to hop on that plane for mm-hmm. sure. I was ready to take that flight and be like, I'm calling this in. Um, and yeah, and that's, I think right now what I try to do is I, I, my learning since then has been not to wait till I'm completely and utterly exhausted <laughs> and out of my strategies. And, and, and I now try my, because I have seen the wonder and the magic and the miracle of what is possible when you allow others to contribute to you I reach out as soon as I can right now so that I don't get to the space of mental exhaustion and burnout and frankly depression Mm -hmm. um, you know that I was facing at that time so um, yeah I, I I try to not get into the space where I'm questioning myself constantly and, and, and I'm in this 
tunnel where I'm only seeing the next step that I have to take and it's all on me. Um, and that's such a heavy burden for anyone to carry. It was certainly a heavy burden for me to carry. Um, and it, 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 it has been a beautiful wisdom that has been granted to me quite early on uh, in my life um, to see what's available by opening yourself up. Mm-hmm. And uh, I appreciate so much uh, what you're uh, sharing uh, because uh, I imagine that there's many people in our lives that are standing by, uh, sometimes feeling helpless, watching what's unfolding with precious ones and wondering what they might do to be able to help and how great to have learned the lesson. Uh, to uh, to make those requests. And so we'll pick up this conversation as we come back. Uh, we're just going to take a short break. Look forward to having you back, joining me and Shweta in our conversation. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. At Dreamcatcher Consulting, Beth Page helps her clients assess and build resilience initiatives that support and strengthen resilience. Visit dreamcatcher-consulting.com for more information about the resilience at work assessment for teams, leaders, and individuals in a company environment. Beth is an accredited resilience at work consultant in North America who works with clients from all over the world. Find your resilience. Reach out to Beth now at dreamcatcher-consulting.com. Check out and order the second edition of Change Happens. In business, many leaders have a great vision, but find their companies are lacking adequate execution. Transformative Experts with host Chris Elias takes you behind the scenes with real-life business leaders and transformative experts who can pinpoint why. Listen to learn how company culture drives execution to optimize results. How can you afford to miss it? Tune in live every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. And catch our weekly replay on the Voice America Influencers Channel, Sundays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has a mobile app for iOS, Android, or Amazon Kindle. Visit the Apple App Store, Amazon, or Google Play to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Thank you. 
This is Resilience in You with Beth Page. We invite you to send questions or comments about the show via email to beth at dreamcatcher-consulting.com. That's beth at dreamcatcher-consulting.com. Now back to Resilience in You. And we're back with my special guest, Shweta Rajan. And uh, we uh, went to break uh, talking about uh, the possibility, the miracles and the magic that can unfold when we open ourselves uh, to uh, receiving. And uh, as you reflect on this early life lesson learned, uh, is there another example that comes to mind for you of when that op- opening your heart and your, um, your arms to receiving um, uh, yielded another piece of magic for you? Yes. Um, so I'm sure a lot of the listeners will remember this time. It was 2008 and the economy in America had was going a really big downturn. And as an immigrant uh, who, was, who was on a work permit, I was having the most challenging time trying to find a full-time job in the States. And um, my options, again, a few years, this is a few years down the road since my, um, since my time as a graduate student, I was employed at that time and um, really happy <laughs> to be working for this company. Uh, my first job out of graduate school, finally, and I was so excited to start. Um, and this was in a few months down the lane, um, I was let go because they could not support a lot of employees. Um, they uh, laid off quite a few of us and um, were looking to just buckle down. And so, it, again, I was faced with this choice of what to do. And at that time, I had had the chance in the meantime, to visit beautiful Vancouver. And I was just so enthralled with the city um, that I spoke to my ex-husband and we started our paperwork um, and had gotten our PR status in Canada. And so I was faced with this choice of what to do. Um, Should I stay in the United States where I had at that time spent a decade and had just gone through so many different things, or should I move to Vancouver without a job, without any friends, without a family, (laughs) and just jump into this new adventure, um, which was calling me forth. And again, just um, given this early life lesson, I have been open to just receiving from people and and reaching out to people. And I looked at my network and said, is there anyone I can reach out to? And the only person that I knew in Vancouver was this one LinkedIn contact that I had. And um, so, and we had a few conversations when I was employed in California and he had been looking to come to see down to California to see if he could create a better life for himself. And so um, 
I reached out to her and I said, hey, things have changed since we last talked. I'm looking to move to Vancouver. And uh, is there any way that you can kind of help find a space where I can safely just stay in for the first few days? Because, I mean, I've been to Vancouver as a tourist, but, you know, as someone who wants to settle in, I have no context of, you know, which, where it might be safer for me or easier for me to navigate. And so, um, and he, he very graciously said yes. And he went to, he found this almost perfect place for me, uh, two-bedroom homestay um uh, you know, apartment um, based and sweet with an Indian family who graciously cooked me meals every day. <laughs> um, and I, I uh, you know, at a very, very affordable rate. And so I came in and settled in with this family. And, um, and in three months, I had my dream job in Vancouver. And now I have a, you know, I, I call Vancouver my home. It is as someone who travels a lot throughout my life. This is the place where I have lived the longest. Um, and I have my roots here. I have my son, my partner, a really big um, network of friends and, you know, um, acquaintances who have been so supportive through all the different changes that I have gone through um, here as well. And it, it, this is where I feel um, the most connected to, the most rooted in my whole life. And all of this would not have been possible without opening up myself, um, you know, getting on on I-5 with all my belongings in a car and driving up two days to land into Vancouver. Um, it was this big adventure um, that, you know, it's kind of like on the borderline of was it brave or was it nuts? And you don't know which till life actually <laughs> unfolds in front of you. But um it's, it's, it's these choices that you can take when you are willing to trust that there is a community there um, and there's community all around you to hold you and help you thrive. Um, yeah. So. Mm-hmm. And so what guidance would you offer our listeners who are trying to make a a different choice that might support strengthening their resilience in some way? What would be an initial experiment that they might conduct? Yeah, just, you know, when I was young, um, I really, you know, growing up in India and really thinking about all all the cultural and traditional norms that I grew up with in a highly patriarchal society, for me, strength meant that I held my space. I, you know, asked for what I wanted and I 
was strong enough to do it by myself and prove to other people that there were no barriers. There were there was nothing to stop me from achieving my goals. Um, but as I went through that process, I realized that one of the things about standing in your own space came for me with creating, holding others away, holding others at a distance and not being, not sharing some of the challenges that I went through. Um, my moments of weakness, my moments of failures were all lived in isolation. I were all lived through um, by being, trying to just curl up into my safe space and trying to figure it out by myself. Um, and the first experiment I would encourage anyone who's listening to this is just to open up and share what you're going through, where you're at. Ask for help because if anything in the past 20 years that I have lived on my own um, without the support of, you know, without the physical support and, and being away from all the structures that I grew up with in India, um, the one thing that I have recognized is how not alone we are, how communal all these feelings and experiences are and how many people go through with it. Um, and so, and the first experiment, if you want to, if you want to take on, is just share it with one person, share it with, with people who are close to you, who are there for you. My biggest fear when I was going through uh, bullying and harassment was that I was letting my parents down. They, they had sent me with so many expectations and I was failing them. And afterwards, speaking to my parents and my family, I know that their concern was not about the fact that I was failing, but that I was struggling. And even though they were a, a long distance away and couldn't physically hug me or, uh, or do anything like that, just knowing them and having conversations now are just so helpful. Just, it's a human need to feel that we matter. And when we are struggling, we start questioning whether we do. And so it is wonderful to be reminded that it's not, this is just one little phase. This is one, just one little thing that we have taken on. And we have anyone who's lived has already accomplished so much in their lives. And we lose sight of that when we are struggling with our challenges and we are, our, our failures. So to be reminded of what our strengths are, how we've accomplished all the different things that we have in our lives, it, it, this, it, it again gives this amazing resilience um, to overcome where we are and move forward to where we want to be or we, where we might be going. Um, and so the first experiment 
is to share. Mm -hmm. Um, As I listen to you, uh, I hear the voice of your current self uh, advising your past self, share, share. Yes. (laughs) And as you, oh, go ahead. Um, No, I was just saying it's just what brought me to this platform today. Um, I share because I find that often the stories of mine resonate with so many people. Um, And I remember the first time I tried to share it and how nervous and just how stressed I was about sharing with something, a deeply personal story of failure. And as I share, the more I share, I realize that it is a deeply personal story, but it is also a story that is so many people are going through it. So Mm -hmm. it is personal and it is communal. So, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and um, when you you're describing a time of isolation and uh, lonesomeness. And I'm imagining a listener who is in a similar situation that has partly been brought on by this pandemic. Uh, and what, what would you wish for that precious human who might be experiencing challenges in their relationship or challenges in their remote work situation. And now this pandemic has almost created that isolation and lonesomeness. What would you want them to hear? We are a year and a half in, and it seems like some, some days it really seems like there is no end in sight. Um, I do not know how many of us have seen this commercial by Extra Gum that has come on recently. Um, And it it so beautifully depicts where we are all right now. Just honed in in our own spaces. What I would wish for each person is to remember, remember how lonely you're feeling right now and how all of these, you know, online communities that you're a part of have kept us going and are not enough. And remember that as we walk back into, as we will, as we walk back into the spaces that we have um, been a part of and remember that feeling that it is humans who make all the difference the physical aspect of being next to a person is so deeply personal it's so deeply meaningful and we have we our whole work spaces we put prioritize that so much over our families and our communities and and to remember to remember and be open to 
receiving the joy that comes with being a part of this amazing network of people my biggest thing is you know as a new mom going through this pandemic throughout my um throughout my pregnancy i became connected with these wonderful women most of whom i've never seen and so i cannot wait to go back and be able to do that and and thank them every single one of them for being there with me during the sleepless nights of oh my god my child is doing this and i have no idea what to do it's 2 o'clock in the morning is there anyone out there to help me and getting a text back from a mom saying yeah i'm here like it's okay you'll be okay um and you know this pandemic has given us this incredible incredible opportunity to connect with people all across the world um because all of us have gone virtual and it's it's for me it's been this amazing space to connect to people and see how how similar we all are how we all need the same thing um our our needs are about helping each other and for making a difference and that we matter to each other and and as we move on from here to keep that close to your heart as we move on to the next big phase in our lives yeah uh thank you so much for that um the notion of sharing connection as antidotes to the isolation people are experiencing amidst these times so powerful and we're going to take a short break and then we'll be back with my special guest Shweta Rajan Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. At Dreamcatcher Consulting, Beth Page helps her clients assess and build resilience initiatives that support and strengthen resilience. Visit dreamcatcher-consulting.com for more information about the Resilience at Work assessment for teams, leaders, and individuals in a company environment. Beth is an accredited Resilience at Work consultant in North America who works with clients from all over the world. Find your resilience. Reach out to Beth now at dreamcatcher-consulting.com. Check out and order the second edition of Change Happens. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access all the time. There are two types of leaders in business. Those who are nice, compassionate people, and frankly, they are the people who fail to get a lot done. Then there are those who can get everything done and so much more. 
but they are greedy, unethical, and self-centered. The Compassionate Samurai Business Hour with Kathy Fairbanks finds a way to use the best of both types of leaders to help you create a dynamic roadmap to success. Tune in every Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Business. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is Resilience in You with Beth Page. We invite you to send questions or comments about the show via email to beth at dreamcatcher-consulting.com. That's beth at dreamcatcher-consulting.com. Now back to Resilience in You. We're back with my special guest, Shweta Rajan, who's the founder of Inclusion Advantage Consulting and a new mom navigating a pandemic. And uh, as we continue this conversation, uh, I'm appreciating so much the value of opening ourselves up, making requests, sharing our burdens with each other. And I'm wondering, as in, in your unique situation, um, there are other new moms out there, there are other entrepreneurs out there. Uh, there are so many of us navigating this pandemic. What are the tips that have contributed to your resilience during this time? Yeah, thank you, Beth. Thank you for giving me the space to reflect on and share some of my learnings. Um, As I said before, one of the first things I would say is to share where you're at, wherever you're at, share it, because it, it makes such a Big difference. Um, I the, the second thing that I would say that I have learned is to to hold the space and create the space where others can contribute to you. And what I mean by this is there are so many things that go on in our minds when we ask for help. Am I impinging on someone? Am I taking too much of their time? Who am I to ask for help? You know, there are others less fortunate than me. Um, Do I deserve someone's help given that, you know, I'm failing right now? It's funny that we seem to think we find it easier to ask for help when we are being successful in our own minds than when we are struggling. and so to open that up and just just acknowledge that we are a part of a community. If we fail, the community fails. So, so as we allow others to contribute to us, it's not just us who win. It's the community that is winning as well. And so, so recognize that and, and, and to share that, that, we are not here in this world traveling our own lives by ourselves. We were never meant to be those kind of 
we are not a species who are meant to thrive alone. We are our biggest advantage, the, the, the reason that we have accomplished all that we have in this world today compared to all other beings who also occupy this planet with us is because we have leaned into the power of our communities right from our very beginning. And so we, we do our best. We thrive the best when we lean into that. The other thing I would say is to recognize that there are communities around you. Many of us somehow um, fall into certain, we, we lean into certain communities more than others. And then, you know, family and friends are some of the easy communities that we've always been a part of and we connect with. And one of the things as an immigrant has been for me to recognize all the I have I have been forced to live without, in a sense, the the traditional networks that we often um, have access to. But you know, as an immigrant, my learning has been to just see how many different communities we are all a part of. It's um, amazing. You know, there's my mom's group. There's I run I run this organization called Immigrant and International Women in Science. I have that network. I have that uh, this amazing group of people who are a part of my life who have constantly supported me in my career transition from being a scientist to being someone who is consulting um, in equity, diversity, and inclusion. There is my other network of entrepreneurs who are. In the same specific, we are all, there are my co-workers that have been a part of my life before. So we are a part of so many different communities and to lean into those communities as we need to and recognize that leaning in is um, one of the biggest things that we can offer. Uh, we love contributing and Many of us hesitate to take to ask for gifts back, and and so that is my um, the other thing that I do. And last but not the least, um, is to allow people to contribute the way they want to contribute. Mm. Often, we want contributions to look and be a certain way because that's what we are looking for. And, you know, um, especially as a parent, as I navigate this, you know, I have this amazing, great partner who, who wants and is willingly able to contribute and share the responsibilities that come with raising a child. And I have to, I have to create the space to allow him to contribute the way he wants to contribute for this partnership to be successful. And so really creating that space of allowing people to contribute how, wherever they want to contribute is one of the other learnings that I have had to recognize in my life. Mm -hmm. And what a powerful message to offer is the, um, 
the the invite invitation to contribute uh, may manifest itself in a number of different forms and welcoming those forms as a way of um, creating that that um, the diversity of what's possible uh, mm-hmm. because when we're asking for help we may have a really specific idea of what would help and uh, and that might limit the possibility of yeah. what that help could look like a beautiful apartment with family cooking you dinner every yeah. night <laughs> when you first arrive yeah. in, in in Vancouver yeah. <laughs> um, uh, uh, compared to uh, 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 four walls in a bed in a safe neighborhood with no connection to community. Just yeah. imagine <laughs> that, right? Yeah. Um, and as we, uh, you know, as we explore this in your work and in your practice and what you're seeing, we're talking a lot about community. Um, how do you see groups and teams um, experiencing greater resilience as a result of opening to the receiving of um, and allowing people to contribute. Yeah, um, you know, there is workplaces have such a key role to play in our lives. We spend so much of our time working, and especially with the pandemic, what we have seen is that resilient teams do better. Um, and what makes teams resilience and if you look at it from the aspect of uh, opening the space up for giving and receiving is to think about if you're a manager if you if you are leading a team to think about hey am i creating the space where everyone can contribute equally mm. to me to my work is everyone looking at who am I, who is being acknowledged for their contribution and who is not? Am I receiving from everyone? Like, am I receiving feedback or ideas or voices? Like, are they all, am I receiving equally from each member of my team? And if you are an individual contributor, if you are, in a workplace, one of the biggest things now is to acknowledge that this pandemic has taken such a big toll on all of us Um, and be open to receiving from your team members, from your managers, from your, all the work community that you're a part of. And many of us are looking to help others out. And one of the spaces to hold is that when you give, you receive. You so graciously invited me to the space um, to join you on the show. And as we were talking about it, um, you were thanking me for being a part of the show and for giving my time. And I was thanking you for giving me the space to share myself 
and my reflections to you. So it's always when we give, we receive. When we receive, we give. It is not a one-way transaction. Um, it is something that is happening at the same time. So one of resilient teams are created when we open up the space to within ourselves as managers and contributors to give and receive in the same way that we create that in our personal lives. And so that's one of the things is to take on about being mindful about not creating this space for um, restriction or holding others um, apart as we think about who we are giving and receiving from. Mm -hmm. Yes, I, I think of um, many team projects where the project seemed quite huge. And at the end of it, people you know, congratulating each other, realizing that they couldn't have done it alone and needed the benefits, the gifts, the strengths, uh, and the learning how to ask and make requests that mm -hmm. all contributed to the better whole. And uh, my uh, invitation, are there any final comments you would like to add as we, uh, we bring our, our conversation to a close today? Well, it has been a wonderful pleasure to be here with you today. Um, please feel free to connect me, connect with me on LinkedIn, or um, you can email me directly by um, at Shweta F W E T A at inclusionadvantage.ca. So, um, thank you for giving me the space, Beth, to reflect and share and um, be a part of your resilience journey. Well, and uh, such a valuable part of the resilience network uh, now uh, with this invitation being uh, offered to our listeners to receive the gifts, to share your story, to seek out joy, and to seek out connection in whatever form is available to you amidst these uncertain and pandemic times. Share the burden, make a request. Maybe today is the perfect day to make a request. And as we close today's show, deeply grateful uh, to Shweta Rajan for joining us as the founder of Inclusion Advantage Consulting. We'll make sure in the follow-up note that uh, you have ways to connect with her if you want to connect and continue with this conversation uh, with me, please feel free to connect at Twitter on at Change Wisdom. And uh, we look forward to continuing the dialogue in, in the quest for greater resilience for us all. Have a fabulous day. Thank you for tuning in to Resilience and You. Please join your host, Beth Page, again next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. This week, if you find that you're facing some personal stress, try to find your calm, be resilient, 